Hi, this is Varun Haran, Principal Correspondent with Information Security Media Group in Asia. I'm speaking today with Ashish Thapar, who is the Managing Principal Risk Services for Verizon Enterprise Solutions. We are going to be discussing some of the insights from Verizon's Data Breach Digest, which takes a behind-the-scenes look at the world of data breach investigations and what goes on in the field. Hi, Ashish. Thanks for joining us this morning. Thank you very much, Varun, for having me here. Ashish, this is another interesting piece of research from Verizon after your data breach investigations report. So please give us a quick snapshot of what the Data Breach Digest is all about. Yeah, absolutely, Varun. So, you know, the Data Breach Digest is actually first of its kind publication from us. It's written by the same authors who write DBIR and actually contributed big time by the actual investigators from the field. While DBIR, you know, focuses on trends and patterns and very important data set, uh, you know, in terms of uh, knowing and understanding the, the real uh, investigations and the threat pattern, DBD actually gets you closer to the real action. Now, what we have done is we have actually opened our case files with all uh, confidentiality measures taken care of and we are trying to give you a first-hand look at cyber investigation from our experiences a view from the field obviously with a whimsical tone so basically you're talking about some of the scenarios from the field when you are doing data breach investigations so what are some of the key findings that you see in this uh, digest what are some takeaways for enterprises in this report can you outline a few for us Absolutely, Varun. So one of the very important things that really came out from this particular publication and the analysis that we did in the last three years of the cases that we worked upon, we actually saw that there is a huge commonality in the way we see investigations and, and the things being, you know, uh, data breached or, or attacked. So much so that 12 of the 18 scenarios actually represent 60% of the investigations that we did in the last three years, right? That's wow. a huge number. So there are 12 scenarios that are more prevalent and there are six scenarios that we have called as most lethal. And lethal scenarios very uh, basically mean that, you know, uh, whether there was a difficulty in detection and containment, there is a level of sophistication, um, you know, it was high and amount of potential resultant damage. Okay. Now, in each of these scenarios that you've outlined in the report, you said there are some commonalities. So, what are some common mistakes that you find organizations are making when it comes to securing against such data breaches? Well, there are common mistakes, of course. It goes back to the nine threat patterns that we alluded to in our DBIR research report. Out of those nine patterns, there are six is what we are actually covering in this because some of the other three are actually not really related big time to data breaches per se. So, there are four main um, you know, groups what we have basically seen are big-time contributors to data breaches uh, threat vectors. One is obviously the human element. So there are five scenarios highlighting the human threats or targets. So it could be that the human element uh, in the case was basically a target or a human element was acting as a threat. It could be an employee, it could be a third party, it could be a contractor. Um, the second group that we are talking about is the conduit devices. Uh, five scenarios again here covering device misuse or tampering. Again, uh, something where we see a lot of uh, devices being tampered and, and misused uh, and, and leading to data breaches. The third group is configuration exploitation. Uh, there are four scenarios here which are focusing on reconfigured or misconfigured setting. Um, again, you know, uh, while it goes back to the same human element to a certain extent, but then basically the uh, vector was a misconfigured system. And fourth, basically the malicious software where we are talking about four scenarios centering on sophisticated or special purpose or malicious software uh, which was written to actually carry out the attack. So there are four main groups that we are talking about and one of the main interesting 
interesting thing is that every scenario that we talk about, we cover right from the detection and validation. We look at the response and investigation. We cover the remediation and recovery. And in most of the cases, we also cover the lessons learned. We also cover our recommendations going back to the cybersecurity controls, which are top 20 controls. So we are every every scenario co uh, you know covers which particular CSC controls can actually mitigate the risk of this particular scenario. Why don't you walk us through yeah, so, that? Sure, sure, absolutely. So, in fact, in, in one of the cases, and I'll tell you, you know, uh, this is very common, and uh, we see that uh, organizations create air gaps between their guest networks and corporate networks. In one of the cases, we actually saw that one of the customer uh, complained that, you know, their website was not being uh, able to be accessed by their legitimate users because the website was being uh, termed as a malicious website. Um, and when we started the investigation, there was no problem with the website per se, but then because the website was actually using the same public IP address, you know, for access, which was also the natted public IP address for guest network to go outside on the internet. And when we started digging more, what we found was because normally you would expect the security guard, the controls on the guest network normally are not as robust as they would be on a corporate network. So what this client had done was basically while they air gap the guest network and the corporate network, which is the right thing to do, what they did not do was basically also air gap them in the egress public IP address that these two network use. And because uh, one of the uh, you know, employee had gotten a BYOD device and which was basically infected and connect, connecting back to C2 um, centers. Um, it so happened that this um, IP address was then being publicized as a malicious IP address and because the website was using the same IP address um, for being accessed, uh, it got them into a big problem. Their brand got impacted. Their users thought that, you know, they are spewing up malware and uh, not only it was a brand damage, but it was a massive restructuring that they had to on their network security architecture. So I'm just, you know, just one of the very common things which actually led to uh, and a good security control of air gapping, but not done properly, led to a big issue there. Um, in one of the other attacks, which is uh, where you know the the pirate um, who are actually trying to attack uh, vessels and ships in a very targeted manner, and you won't expect normally investigative response or uh, IT security forensic to come to play in such kind of attack. Right, pirate could come on and you know can, can do whatever they want. Sometimes uh, uh, successful, sometimes not. But then what we saw in this case was that they were always very successful. They were always looking for a very special cargo package which contained high value jewelry and, and gold kind of materials and how did they do did that was because they had access to content management system of a shipping company which actually helped them zero it down to the actual barcode of that particular cargo that they wanted to search for and then as soon as they get their hands to that particular ship and that particular cargo package they used to just take that away and flee wow. um, without being uh, you know uh, so, so I'm just you know very very interesting uh, cases that we spoke about we also have uh, spoken about some of the lethal cases where it was very very intricate written malware so any interesting statistics that stood out to you as as somebody who's been you know very closely associated with dbir and other reports I, I, like I said, you know, uh, this is not a report which is a statistic report. If you look at the report, you can see the attack different card that we have given for every particular scenario. The weight the card has been structured essentially covers the frequency of a particular attack at what we see of a particular attack being, uh, you know, perpetrated. Uh, we look at the sophistication level. We look at the composition. So what are the threat actors that actually led to the data breach? We There is another block in the threat uh, attack different card which talks about incident pattern. So it also covers things like time to 
discovery time to containment and the actual most relevant trend pattern out of our nine patterns uh, which you have been following i'm sure um, it talks about the threat actors motive which countries the threat actor belong to wherever possible obviously not in all cases and the tactics and techniques from the very top 25 threat actions what are the ttps that the actor used to carry out the attack and of course some information about the targeted victim you know which industry the victim belong to uh, what attributes were really breached in terms of confidentiality integrity and availability and what are the countermeasures uh, in terms of the cyber critical security controls can you share some recommendations on how organizations can take this information and apply it to their own business context what are the lessons learned here i think the key takeaways in my view would be that i think readers and enterprises can actually use this digest to not only self reflect uh, but actually do a self assessment on if any of these common scenarios 18 scenarios may be applicable to their environment and if yes then you know are they going down the rabbit hole then are they already waiting as a as a sitting duck so maybe read through the scenario look at the pitfalls look at how we investigated the case and what were the issues found and basically take countermeasures by reading these scenarios and do a technical review to see if there are any chinks in their security armor um, and obviously you know be more prepared to handle such things in future okay uh, out of the outlined scenarios are there any that are specific to the asian or indian context well actually like we do in dbir we don't really zero in on the targeted countries or regions as such i can definitely tell you with very high certainty that yes there are breaches covered from india region there are breaches covered from asia pacific regions in these but then because this is more of a combined set of all the cases together and you know some of the specific case scenarios which are common there are no specific indicators but i think uh, as a whole for example there are certain but uh, to specifically answer your question there are no clear call outs for countries and regions uh, i think all these scenarios are something that every organization must self reflect and and take corrective measures from there Great. So this report is uh, free to read and download, Ashish. Absolutely, the report is free to read and download at our corporate website. Okay, great. There you have it, folks. Looks like an interesting read. Thank you, Ashish, for joining us this morning. My pleasure, and apologies for the bad voice quality uh, not being keeping well. Thank you very much, Varun. Really a pleasure talking to you. No problem, Ashish. That was Ashish Thapar, who is managing principal of risk services for Verizon Enterprise Solutions for ISMG Asia. This is Varun Haran. Thanks for listening.